Welcome back to Planet Product Owner. This is Scott. Uh, talked about a little bit about going into ceremonies, uh, particularly those scrum ceremonies that we've talked about. And so today, I want to try to cover one of those. We're going to talk about sprint planning today. So welcome back. Uh, listen, I, I know you guys love this part when we start out uh, talking about anything when we're referencing the scrum guide. So first, <laughs> a reading from the scrum guide. Thanks, Ken, Jeff, you guys who put this together. I think it was brilliant. So here we go. We're going to talk about sprint planning. Uh, I'm going to read through the text. Some parts I'm going to skip over, but I'll point out when I do skip over it. But otherwise, it'll be pretty much verbatim, okay? So sprint planning. The work to be performed in the sprint is planned at the sprint planning. It's pretty easy, right? The plan is created by the collaborative work of the entire Scrum team. So it goes on to talk about the time box. I won't go into that. Even though I do think that the time box is important, it's really not part of the art for me and what I consider to be the art. So for those of you new to the podcast, it's part of the science. So I really don't spend a lot of time on that kind of stuff in this podcast. Um, so let's continue. Sprint planning answers the following. What can be delivered in the increment resulting from the upcoming sprint? And how will the work needed to deliver the increment be achieved? So... It goes on, topic one, what can be done in this sprint? The development team works to forecast the functionality that will be developed during the sprint. Product owner discusses the objective that the sprint should achieve and the product backlog items that if completed in the sprint would achieve the sprint goal. So see, it focuses on that sprint goal idea. The entire scrum team collaborates on understanding the work of the sprint. Hmm. So the input uh, to this meeting which we will revisit later on in, the, in this episode. The input for this meeting is the product backlog, the latest product increment, projected capacity of the development team during the sprint, past performance of the development team. Um, the number of items selected from the product backlog for the sprint is solely up to the development team. I'm going to read that again. The number of items selected from the product backlog for the sprint is solely up to the development team. Only the development team can assess what it can accomplish over the Cubs come uh, over the upcoming sprint. So I'm going to pause a second. So that means that product owner, you can't dictate this, but you can set the sprint goal. So this is kind of like selling a house. So you want to try to price this right. I'm going to get into more of that later as we go. During the uh, sprint planning, the scrum team also crafts a sprint goal. Sprint goal is an objective that will be met during the sprint uh, with the implementation of the product backlog and provides guidance to the development team on why it's building the increment. Now, I want to stop here. Notice the word why, right? Provides guidance to the development team on why it is building the increment. Uh, I think we've covered how important the word why is, what the why is. Now, why do you think the authors have asserted that the Scrum team uh, crafts the sprint goal. You guessed it. The product owner casts the vision. The team executes that to arrive or achieve. Scrum master assists by leading and serving and to make sure that we're all on the same lean page. Now, topic two, I'm going to kind of buzz through this. How will the work get chosen uh, or how will the chosen work uh, get done, rather? Having set the sprint goal for the selected product backlog items for the sprint, the development team decides how it will build this functionality into a done product increment during the sprint. 
Uh, so this is basically, it goes on to talk about how we're going to design the system work and the work needed to convert the product backlog into a working product increment. I'm not going to bore you, bore you with the details here of the verbatim through the end of this, but it's really not that much more. It's only a couple of paragraphs. One thing that I want to point out, it reads there kind of in the middle of this segment about topic two, is the development team may also invite other people to attend to provide technical or domain advice. I think that's really important. So by the end of the sprint planning, the development team should be able to explain to the product owner and scrum master how it intends to work as self as a self-organizing team to accomplish the sprint goal and create the anticipated increment. Now, I want to talk a little bit about in the next segment, setting up your sprint uh, give you some tips on that, but there are a couple of things here um, that I want to make sure that you're getting, though. I want to make sure that you are referencing the Scrum Guide when it comes to sprint planning. I mean, there are some basic things in there, but there are also some things that you could kind of extrapolate from it or infer um, from the text. I'm going to get into some of those in the final segment today, so this ought to be fun. Um, the next segment up, we're going to talk about how to set up that sprint, like I said, and I'm going to give you a few uh, a few ideas maybe uh, and some topics that I really want you to cover to prepare you, product owner, uh, in a way that maybe somebody else is not preparing you, okay? All right, so uh, with that said, hang out for the next segment. So let's talk a little bit about setting up your sprint. Uh, I think the main thing for us as product owners that we want to make sure we're doing is uh, we're anticipating what we are planning in that backlog. Um, these stories should already be at the top or at least close to the top. Right, there shouldn't be a lot of guessing. We've talked about that share uh, about that uh, quality time that we're spending in our backlog. Now, I want to take you back to an episode that we talked about earlier about um, how in your big team or your big product backlog, um, kind of walked you through kind of what columns to put in there. Remember, I had told you early on about um, adding a column in there called the theme or the relates to or something like that. Here's where this is going to kind of come into play for you, and it's going to help you, or it should help you, uncover the work um, that you really need uh, to help reach these goals and these sprints. So what I typically do is I'll already have a loosely translated sprint, uh, sprint theme or sprint goal in my mind. Um, a lot of times if you have that column in there in that backlog, it's going to help you arrive to that. So you may have 10 things in there that you want to get done, right? If you try to order those basically by that theme or that uh, relates to column that we talked about early on, maybe it just kind of shows up um, <laughs> just as a natural flow, right? You just you, you have an understanding of the natural flow of events um, that you're needing to do, things that you're needing to take account for in this product, in this increment. Um, so if you have that and you're basing that off of your story map or your feature map or whatever you're doing, if you've gotten to that part now, um, that should be pretty self-evident there um, about what's kind of bubbling up to the top. And if it's not bubbling up to the top and it needs to, you're the product owner. So you get to make that call, right? But you have to spend that daily quality time <laughs> with your backlog that we talked about. Now, here are some ways that maybe you can uh, make the most of the sprint planning ceremony. And uh, I'm going to help you keep your front porch clean. I know you guys love it when I say that. So uh, first, start with the sprint theme that you have in mind. Now, I'm not going to get in necessarily to how you determine priority in this episode because everybody has a different method of arriving at that. 
Um, however, I would say if you have something specific that you want to talk about or that you want to ask, send me an email, scott at planetproductowner.org, and, uh, and I'll get a list together to prioritize and see if I can help you prioritize what you have to prioritize. Okay? I'm happy to do that. Um, before we get into that sprint theme, though, and that goal, what is that sprint theme? What is that? What is it exactly? Well, what I would say is it's the right next thing that we need to get done. But it's a little deeper than that. It has to meet some, um, some criteria, I guess. First, it's got to be, and I'm going to say it is, it, is it demonstrable or is it demonstrable? I don't care. You guys beat me up about that. You know I'm from the South, and I'm a little slow. So um, I would say that you, your sprint theme needs to have at least these qualities. At the very least, it's got to be something that's demonstrable, it's testable, and it's something that you can maximize the value of. <laughs> that's really important. We go back to the text, and we, and we hear about how the product owner, one of your jobs is to maximize the value of the work being done by the team. So you kind of have to get into the value aspect of what you just did, right? So, and, and remember, we're trying to start with a good finish, right? We talked about in that sprint demo episode that we talked about, about the importance of showing the value of your work. You know, you want to promote your team that they're doing the things needed to reach the goals and to protect the business, to support the user, whatever it is, okay? So remember, we talked about value. That's often in the eyes of the requester, right? And so as I mentioned already uh, in the episode about the sprint demo, kind of going back and referring to that, you need to already have in mind a plan to show the value of what you're doing in the sprint, right? And so we've talked about those uh, those values that we're that we're trying to reach. You know, the metrics or the KPIs. You know, is this thing going to enable us to save money? Is this thing going to push us over the top of saving money, or making money, or retaining customers, or increasing scores, or decreasing calls? You know, what is the case, right? So these are the things that we're wanting to show already. So you kind of got to have that in mind when you're starting to generate what your sprint themes are. Now, I'm not saying that in your backlog column that it's necessarily going to, um, you know, it's not going to identify as that, but you can derive what your sprint goal is or what your sprint theme is um, by talking about what it is that makes that thing valuable. All right. So here are some questions. I would say these are kind of the two golden rules uh, about your sprint goal. One is, will this allow us to lean toward progress? Remember, I've talked about leaning toward progress. We always want to lean toward progress, product owner. Um, the second is, are we reducing risk? Right. And there's a couple of ways we reduce risk. One is we're testing, right? We're, we're able to test something out. The other is that we're learning early. You know, those are the things that we want to be able to prove out in the sprint goal. And that sprint goal needs to be supported by those two questions. You know, are we going to lean toward progress in this sprint? And we're going to have something to show that's, you know, demonstrable, testable, and something that we can maximize the value of. And are we reducing risk? Are we able to test or lean uh, or learn, I'm sorry, early? Those are the things that we want to answer with this. Now, next, I would say, just to kind of help you with the sprint planning, kind of the pre-planning for the sprint planning, I guess, if you're, if you're working reactively, if you're working very proactively, you probably already have this uh, all listed out, which is good um, for your entire, you know, semester or half or quarter or PI or whatever you're working on. Um, the, but the thing is, and I, and I mentioned this before, and I want to go into it a little bit more today. 
identify an array of story types of different sizes. You remember we talked about story types and getting familiar with those. Uh, we'll dive into that a little bit more in the next segment as well. Um, it helps you in a couple of ways to identify an array of story types of different sizes. And it also encourages that in the sprint planning um, in the text, by the way. Um, first way it's going to help you is that it's going to be small enough to complete it in the sprint. And you're going to be able to demo the win, right? The next, it's, uh, it's really going to help you to have a really nice looking burndown chart, <laughs> yet still leaning toward progress, right? And then the third thing I think that it helps you with the most is that it allows the team to negotiate with each other on who does what. And so if you have, an, uh, if you have a, a pretty good variety of story types and different, uh, different sizes that are in this sprint that help you support and reach that sprint goal, then a lot of times, you know, this, uh, this dev team, a lot of times they need a little variety to choose from. Um, so putting that into our sprint is, is not a bad idea. Uh, remember, um, I've said that a primary and secondary goal is, is not a bad idea. Just remember that the focus should be on the primary. Um, and yeah, you know, we may sandbag some stuff from one sprint to another. I get it, and that's cool. And that could come into play. But anticipate what you may need to help get you going uh, on the next phase or the next level of the stories or whatever your map is showing you that you need to do next and throw it in there. Plus, you know, another benefit of that is that developers get to build their skill sets and you start working on more cross-training when you have a different type of array or a different type of story um, within that sprint, okay? And they love variety. Just ask them. They'll tell you. They like working on different stuff. Um, the final thing that I would say about kind of preparing for sprint planning is uh, be prepared for negotiation. Um, this is why I have offered you uh, about that primary and secondary sprint goal. By the way, uh, just to mention about that secondary goal, I'm not saying that's in a book. I'm just telling you that in the real world, this has worked well for me because, and it's not going to be as prominent or on the same level as the primary, and it shouldn't be. But stuff happens, man. I mean, sometimes your plan gets hijacked, right? Or sometimes it gets blocked or sometimes something falls out. You don't want to be adding a bunch of new stuff and changing the entire scope of what your team is doing within your sprint. So one way that I help defend against that is to kind of have in mind a secondary goal. I don't list it. I don't write it down. I don't make it part of the, you know, the stated goal or whatever. It's just in my mind, kind of in my back pocket. I'm going to throw in a few things there um, that the team gets to work on just in case something falls off the cliff, right? So keep in mind about this negotiation part. Sprint planning often turns into a negotiation um, with each other about what the team can and can't commit to. So remember this and just kind of follow a basic rule. Remember, we talked about this and everybody talks about this. Oh, my God, I'm so over it. But follow a basic rule. If something's added, something's dropped. Y'all have heard that, right? I get that. But I would also say don't be a jerk about it. I mean, dev team, don't be a jerk about it. Just because a product owner um, wants to add in something else in there, it doesn't necessarily always mean that you have to drop something. I mean, if we go back to the text and we talk about some of the inputs um, for this sprint planning uh, meeting here, um, the input to this meeting, it talks about, or the ceremony rather, it talks about product backlog. So we're talking about uh, product backlog is definitely an input to this meeting. The latest product increment, duh, that's obvious because we're building on what we built, 
right? Um, or we're starting at scratch. Um, the projected capacity of the development team during the sprint. So what we're talking about is what did we do last time? But remember what I've always said about metrics and all that stuff. And when you're measuring it, you really need four consecutive data points that are in a trending direction to really qualify a trend. So if you're at um, X number of points this sprint, then you're at X plus two the next, then you're at X plus three the next, then you're at X plus four the next. Now you have a trend. Okay, your basis is X, you might be able to split the difference in that and you might be able to push it in. So it doesn't always mean that something has to come out. And I would question them. Why? You know, why do you feel like it needs to come out and let the team tell you if they make a good case for it, then okay, you know, Um, but I'm going to talk about a little bit about setting that expectation in the next segment. So I'm not going to dive into that so much. And then, of course, they talk about past performance of the development team. Past performance of the development team can give you an indication of what is coming, but at the same time, I don't think it's an end-all, be-all. reason I say that is because aren't we supposed to be getting better? Aren't we supposed to be able to learn how to work more efficiently, more effectively together? So that's kind of what we're, uh, that's kind of the goal that we're talking about. So the idea, though, is simple, is that the team is under the impression that the word negotiate means negotiate and you should be under that impression as well so like i said price the house to sell try to figure out that happy medium but don't burn down the house to kill a cockroach we're going to talk about that a little bit in the next uh in the next segment so i would say that when you're going into your pre-planning or so to speak or you're getting geared up for uh for sprint planning mr mr miss product owner I want to emphasize to you the importance of starting with a good finish. You want to be able to have a great demo, a successful demo at the end of the sprint. So just because you have a goal out there, it doesn't mean that that's going to add any value. So you have to kind of go back to that and you have to think to yourself, all right, if this goal that we're setting for this sprint is something that we can show, is something that we can test, is something we're learning from, it's something that's reducing risk, and it's something that I can maximize the value of, then you're probably on the right track. But if you can't answer yes to all those, or at least most of them, then we have to start questioning that sprint goal, and we have to start questioning the planning. So that should help you get ahead of your planning and become a little bit more proactive and a little bit more intentional in the direction that you're trying to set in your priority. I hope that helps. Um, We've covered a few things about preparing for sprint planning. Now let's get back to the text Uh, in the next segment, cover a few points that I think are often either misconstrued or just blown over in today's adaptations of sprint, (laughs) uh, sprint planning and Uh, we're going to cover all that in the next segment, so stick around. So I hope today we've been a little bit helpful in uh, this thing that we're talking about, about the ceremony of sprint planning. I do want to go back to the text, though, and I want to just grab a couple of excerpts and and chat about them, okay? Um, So I think they're going to be three or four here, maybe, if you're counting, (laughs) if you're taking notes. I don't know. Some of you take notes, you told me. Um, And some of you listen to this more times than just once. Uh, I've got several people who have told me that, so it's cool. The first one that I want to chat about is this one. Um, The entire Scrum team collaborates on understanding the work in the sprint. 
I think this is really important um, to just kind of segment out and talk about that particular excerpt there. So I, I would ask you, product owner, how is this happening today? Okay. Collaborating on the understanding of the work of the sprint. I think it's important, and I think the end goal here for me and what I have tried to do with other teams, and it has been successful in some teams, some teams it's not. It really depends on the nature of what you're doing. I get it. Um, but how is this happening today? I think that if you would push your team to maybe set a goal, right, that at the end of the sprint planning, um, that the team would come up with an elevator speech about the sprint goal or the theme. You're not the only one that needs that. Remember, we talked about having an elevator speech before. Uh, so when their managers or their seniors or whatever ask them what they're doing in the sprint, I think they should be prepared like you are to speak to that. Now, I'd qualify that elevator speech a little bit. This should include the why. Remember, the why, 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 why is so important. Oh, my gosh, it's so important. We talk about the why. Um, it's not enough to say that, um, you know, let's say they get in the elevator or they get down the hall for coffee or whatever. So what are you doing in the sprint? Well, it's not enough to just say, well, we're writing an API to connect this widget and we're testing a function from a third-party vendor. Um, the spiel really needs to be something more in line with we are enabling customers to do blah, 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 and we are saving the company X number of dollars or we are uh, attempting to reduce blah, 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 right? Uh, so just fill in the blank, right? So does that kind of make sense? So that would be something that I would encourage you to work on. It would be kind of a byproduct or a goal to reach as a result of your sprint planning and whatever efforts you're doing. Because remember, it's not enough just to show it. You got to be able to kind of tell it, right? Just show and tell, share care. The next ex excerpt that I would like to cover is this one. The product owner discusses the objective that the sprint should achieve and the product backlog items that if completed in the sprint would achieve the sprint goal. Now, we've said here that the entire scrum team crafts the sprint goal uh, that's in the text, and that should be a true statement. If it's not, and you're the only one crafting that, I could understand why, because a lot of times they're really not going to have a whole lot to do with that, right? I mean, it's just kind of their mindset. But encouraging them to participate in that is really good, you know? So what I'm asking for is a balance between pricing the house to sell, but um, making sure that we also understand, you know, everybody knows what it is that we're selling, you know, and what price that, that we have it fixed on. The other thing is, is to keep in mind is that even though the entire Scrum team crafts that sprint, sprint goal, you want to make sure as a product owner that you're pushing that team to do more than they think they can do. That's just a natural attribute of a coach, of, of someone who's leading, right? And you are a leader, okay? Product owner, you are. You set the priority. You set the tone for the expectation. I'm saying this because I want to remind you and go back to that negotiation thing that we talk about. That's kind of part of the deal, right? Negotiation part of the deal. It's just like uh, anything that is totally autonomous, though. There's going to be an equal share into what is said, how it's done, what's executed, and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, you have to explain to the dev team that you're in front of millions of people every day. And you need the dev team help in getting this goal met, right? So the goal can sometimes be whittled down as a result of this negotiation, but I just don't want to see you compromising the entire need 
right, to follow the principles about what we talked about. Because at the end of this sprint, you guys are going to need to show the world what you did for the last days in this iteration, right? Remember, you want it to be something you can demonstrate, something that's testable, something that you can maximize the value of as a product owner, because that's part of your job. All I'm saying is that when you're setting the expectations for this goal, you don't need to paint yourself into a corner with some watered-down sprint goal or let the team dictate 100% what it is um, that you're setting priority for. You have business owners and customers to attend to and to satisfy and to make happy, okay? Another expert, that I, uh, expert, like like I'm an expert, <laughs> um, the next excerpt is this. The development team may also invite other people to attend to provide technical or domain advice. It's interesting. Technical or domain advice. Domain advice. What do they mean, domain advice? We're talking about domain. It's anything really within the realm of what you're working on. And it's relative to your organization. It's relative to your effort. It's relative to your ecosystem, I guess, right? Um, So are you inviting others to your sprint planning? Are you inviting people outside of your team to sprint planning? If you're not, question this. Who do you need to invite? You know, they may also invite other people. It doesn't mean they have to. But I'm thinking, you know, they probably got this in, a, in there for a reason. The development team may also, why would they write that, right? Well, it seems to me that um, they may have encountered something that, I mean, everything comes out of a need, right? So, I mean, they wrote it in here for some reason, right? It could be that, uh, that uh, they really found some good advantages. They found this really advantageous to invite other people into the sprint planning to provide technical or domain advice. Remember the three seats down episode that I shared with you a little while back? I wonder if anyone comes to mind there that you could include in your sprint planning. Um, All it can do is help, right? I mean, I think. Now, we talked about protecting yourselves from those folks who can't help or won't help or distract or derail. You definitely don't want those folks in there because this does need to be a productive uh, use of our time, right? But who are some external contributors? Who are some SMEs that you should have in the sprint plannings from time to time? I'll go one better for you. Do you have an overly resistant or hostile or even just a curious stakeholder who's wanting to learn? Um, Do you have someone you're trying to promote? Do you have someone there you're trying to groom into your role? Um, And you should be if you're not, by the way. There, I said that part. Sometimes uh, just having the having these folks in there, it just offers so much cross-training and so much opportunity for cross-training um, that it's worth an invite, right? Even if they can't offer much to the conversation, you know, uh, still include them in there because we talked about the need for people who don't understand what we do for them, for us to help them understand it. And this is a good opportunity to do that, right? And if your scrum master buys a bunch of candy and crap to throw out on the table, offer it to them. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. I know you are tired of me saying that. Uh, so one last excerpt uh, excerpt that I want to point out is this one. relating, And this goes back to the relating of the topic of how that work is done. Um, so work planned for the first days of the sprint by the development team is decomposed by the end of this meeting, often to units of one day or less. Hmm. Why? Why would they say that, man? All right, here you go. Here's what Scott does. 
this is important to keep in mind. Um, remember, I talked about the practice of writing stories and keeping an array of different types of stories in your backlog. Each of these make up the whole, right? The important thing is that when the team gets early wins, that's, that's really critical for the team. You know, if you're working on a one-week one or a two-week or a three-week sprint, if the team can get some really quick and early wins, it goes a long way. And, and they get well on their way headed to the direction of meeting that sprint goal. So I think it's a way to, uh, you know, one, one thing that when we talk about those quick wins, it's really important because, you know, this sprint could just drag out and drag out. And the more it drags out and the more that work drags out in your sprint, the more risk you're taking on, right? So you want to have something decomposed. I did, it didn't say here to decompose the entire sprint in sprint planning. You get that? It says they're going to decompose the work um, to units of one day or less. And it's really just based on the first few days of that sprint, right? That's kind of the plan, right? Um, I think that um, the way I interpret this and the best way to do that is, and I would refer you back to that episode where I talked about you as a product owner becoming familiar with the types of work that the team is producing, understand what they're estimating and how they're estimating that, and then get some kind of relative estimation on how long it takes to get that done. If you could start studying that a little bit in your backlog and in your past sprints, in your work, what you've been doing, and you learn more about that stuff, you'll be able to position the coming stories in your sprint planning or your task or your goals or whatever all in a way that allows the team to see some really clean, quick results, right? And it also impacts the burndown chart <laughs> because management loves to look at the burndown chart because sometimes they misinterpret the burndown chart, but that's the only thing that they can really measure you on, uh, particularly if you're not delivering uh, on a timeline that they believe uh, that you should be. So uh, I have mentioned sandbagging before. That's not a bad approach, but if you remember... Um, minimizing risk is a vital product. It's a vital byproduct of becoming lean and thinking in the way that we do. Um, there's no better way to support reducing risk than actually having a few things that are already discussed, mapped out, that are small enough to get done very early on. It gives the team a little bit of time to add whatever uh, that they need, you know, to the other stuff. You know, if they can go ahead and get these quick wins done, they got more time left uh, for collaboration or testing or playing with some new ideas or innovating or whatever it is that they got to do during the sprint to finish the more complex or complicated uh, or even, and, and I'm going to say it, even, yes, the, the unknown, the unknown. The unknown is so brutal for us. We know that. But you can handle the unknown if you're handling the known, right? You can handle the unknown if you can handle the known, because the unknown, you know, the thing is, we don't bake in time to deal with the unknown. We're too busy trying to figure out the known. Well, I mean, the known is the known, guys. I mean, let's make sure we get that done first in this sprint planning. Does that make sense? So I hope that helps. All right. So let's uh, get off this crazy planet for a little bit and recap a little bit here. Uh, sprint planning is a required part of the mindset. It's not optional. Too many times. We try to make these sessions into more than what they should be, okay? The fundamentals of this is to basically learn how to work better, make large tasks small, understand the unknown and the known, learn early, 
and have a trusting relationship with each other to foster self-organization. That's really at the core of what we're doing here. We're all in this together, and all the team members need to be an ambassador position, right, when it comes to selling the mindset, the approach, and the work that we're doing. Oftentimes, folks who are unfamiliar to what we do just assume that since we're agile, we don't have to plan. You and I both know there's nothing further from the truth. Be sure that your planning is successful, and it's going to take you a long way. I hope some of these topics have helped you today. Some of the feedback um, here is going to help you on your journey, make you a better product owner, make you a better scrum master, whatever role you're playing in there. Uh, thanks for the feedback. As always, I look forward to it on this episode as well. Scott at planetproductowner.org. Until next time, have a safe and lean journey, my friends. <laughs>